Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, April 1st. We begin with a forecast of the wildfire season ahead for our province. After a very dry winter, what can we expect the 2021 wildfire outlook to be? We speak with Melissa Story of Wildfire Alberta. It's been a much-discussed issue over the past year, the Green Line LRT. With word coming down yesterday from City Council that the project is on pause for the remainder of 2021, we get the thoughts of Ward 12 Councillor Shane Keating on the future of the controversial plan. Housing prices are hot right now in Calgary, with many homes in the market selling for tens of thousands of dollars over the asking price. We catch up with realtor Justin Haver for some tips for buyers during this crazy time. And if we can expect a market correction anytime soon. And finally, it is Easter weekend. So what are you serving up? We'll get some off the beaten path suggestions from a pro at Co. Blue Flame Kitchen chef, J.P. Carrotson. 609 on mornings with Sue and Andy. Uh, parts of Alberta have gone through some of the driest winters on record. Uh, for some details, we're joined by Melissa Story with Wildfire Fire Alberta to give us more as to far, as far as a forecast. And can you really forecast? A season following a dry winter. So good morning to you, Melissa. Good morning. Is is there a direct correlation here, Melissa, or can we say, okay, maybe, fingers crossed, we have a wet spring, but uh, does a, a dry winter mean for certain we're going to have a, a real wildfire season ahead of us? I think I would be leaning more towards the latter with what you said about crossing our fingers that we do have some rain here in the spring. So for us, the snowpack does contribute to the fire danger and how fast the snow melts. If snow melts quickly across the province and doesn't absorb into the ground, it leaves behind dead, dry debris that can ignite quickly and spread a wildfire very fast. So, you know, when we look at past seasons, there have often been, you know, big breakouts of wildfires. And when we go camping, we've not been able to have fires. Do you suspect things might happen uh, this winter for or this summer for us ahead? Or is it just simply too early to tell right now what exactly it will look like and what's to come for us? It's pretty early for us to tell. I mean, it's hard to predict the weather more than three days out, so we can't really say what our wildfire <laughs> season's going to look like months in advance. So how do you, Melissa, how do you prepare for something like mm-hmm. this? Like you say, you know, uh, the, the forecast is, is you know, somewhat unreliable percentages, uh, you know, as far as what you're going to see down the line, how many days, how many weeks, or the whole season as far as you're concerned. But with a lot of businesses, you can forecast and look at previous seasons. With you folks, there's so many variables. Yeah, we prepare for any wildfire season or any wildfire scenarios that Mother Nature might throw our way. So we've brought on just over 400 seasonal staff so far this year. They're positioned across the province doing training and getting prepared for the season. How important is our job? Because the human factor in terms of the number of wildfires started by us that are preventable, I would imagine, is is extremely high. Yes, definitely. On average, we see about 65% of wildfires being human-caused. Last year, we saw an increase to 88%, which is a wow. large jump. Um, in the spring, we say that most wildfires are human-caused as we don't have much for lightning. So Albertans can do their part by ensuring that their campfires are completely extinguished if they're out in the forested areas and stopping often if you're operating an OHV and checking hotspots. How do we define a wildfire, Melissa, in the sense that we've seen those grass fires and it seems like grass fires can be quite common. Does that fall under the same umbrella as a wildfire? Uh, It is, but there's different responses for it. So Alberta Wildfire, our wildfire management branch, is responsible for the forest protection area, which we call the green zone in the province. It kind of runs a border, I would say, just south of uh, the Edmonton border and then down uh, it would be east and west of Highway 2. 
So anything that would be in the white zone would be responded to by local municipal fire departments. We work very closely with them. If they need support from our agency, we'll send help. Taking into account the big jump in human-caused wildfires last year, what do we need to know? What are the reminders that you need to share with us? Maybe, maybe you know, it is a, part of it is that so many more people were going into the mountains, out to the backcountry, whatever, with COVID. So what do we need to know moving forward this year? Yeah, definitely. If that trend continues this season, it certainly increases the risk of preventable wildfires. Um, this is why it's more important than ever for Albertans to exercise extra caution if they're having campfires or using OHVs in the backcountry. So we just remind people never to leave a campfire unattended before leaving. Make sure that it's fully extinguished by soaking the fire with water, stirring up the ashes and soaking them again until you can no longer see smoke or steam coming from it. If you are operating an OHV, stop occasionally to check for any debris which may have built up. Um, under the exhaust or muffler, under the seat and wheel wells and the engine. The debris can potentially start a wildfire if it falls to the ground. And we want to remind Albertans, if you see smoke in the forest, you can report it by calling 310 FIRE. Melissa, how has technology uh, helped in your battle? And I, I think back to, you know, days ago, a week ago, when we got those alerts on our phones, uh, you know, with the emergency alert to do with the wildfires in Carmen Gay and the grass fires, uh, for example. Uh, you know, how what kind of a tool is that? You know, how important is it? And uh, tell us about when, when a warning like that is issued and what the criteria is to uh, send out one of those alerts. Yeah, and the emergency, Alberta emergency alerts will come from the municipalities. So if they deem it to be an emergency, they will definitely put out one of those alerts. We also have a brand new Alberta wildfire app that was launched on March 1st. So I would really encourage people to download that. It's called AB Wildfire Status, and it's available for Apple and uh, Android. Okay, AB Wildfire Status, and then the phone number is 310 Fire. Is that phone number applicable anywhere in the province then? Yes. Okay. I'm wondering with the app, because we've got the long weekend ahead of us and we might mm-hmm. be jumping a little early on the camping season, but even to get out for, for, for day use, uh, can we find fire bands if people were looking to get out and perhaps have a bonfire or have a cookout? Yeah, you sure can. Uh, the fire band system is also on that application. You can also resource it by visiting www.albertafirebands.ca. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for all the information. Hopefully, uh, everybody will be super aware and super conscious about this moving forward this year. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Appreciate your time. That's Melissa Story, Wildfire Alberta Information Officer. And yeah, you know, hopping online, looking for those alerts. It is, we especially this year, we want to get out and about. Yep. Uh, but you have to be sure. I mean, yeah, there are those areas where you can not have any open flame whatsoever. You can't even bring your little barbecue out, let alone have a fire. So be in the know because you don't want to be disappointed when you get out there. Our time spent outdoors is so very important mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, that you want to be pre- plan and prepare for it. And uh, yeah, to that point, what if we, well, hopefully we have a wet enough spring. We got some texts yesterday saying, hey, you know what? We're never, never wet enough. It's never wet enough. Yeah. He, uh, they, I've said time and time again, you can't keep everybody in this province happy uh, because, you know, the farmers obviously need their moisture. And, and But we want a nice long weekend. But at the same time, the safety aspect goes in and we've had some incredible what was it, like four years ago, where um, starting in uh, later in the season, like late July and August, all you could smell was smoke yes. for what seemed like weeks and weeks and weeks. And whole seasons where you couldn't even have a, you couldn't have a campfire. No. That's, you know, there was a giant rush on those propane-powered fire pits because 
You weren't allowed for a couple of seasons in a row. We weren't able to have campfires. And we can have the wind. And that's the uh, well, grass fires uh, last week yeah. down south is uh, that wind, 110 kilometers per hour, a spark, a grass fire. And that grass fire isn't just a, it can travel not just meters, but uh, kilometers in a very short amount of time. You know what drives me bonkers? People who still throw their cigarettes out the car window. That just drives me nuts. If you want to smoke, carry your own ashtray. Because I know cars don't have them anymore for the most part. Well, carry your own ashtray. Stop chucking them out the window because that is just infuriating to see that, especially when it's dry out and you still see people doing it. It just, that's one of my big pet peeves. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm not going to preach. If somebody wants to smoke, you know, your do your thing. thing. But I saw it the, I saw it like a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, I was sitting at a stop sign and it wasn't in the middle of a field. It was in, on concrete, but I watched this smoker finish their cigarette and just throw it straight to the ground. And I thought... That probably wouldn't have bothered me so much 20, 30 years mm-hmm. ago. But now you're watching. And what is what I always say, what would be the difference if, if I was eating a Mars bar, finished the wrapper and just threw it on the ground? No People difference. People would be aghast. It's right? what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but it's all right to put your cigarette anywhere you want, I guess. 819, it's mornings with Sue and Andy. And the 2021 construction season has begun. But still, the Green Line project will stay on pause with no construction as we move through 2021. Many are questioning whether we'll ever get shovels in the ground. Ward 12 Councillor Shane Keating joins us now to review community concerns and yesterday's uh, meeting. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning. Shane, uh, you know, this is uh, just strictly my opinion, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely, as a Calgarian, disappointing, but was anybody surprised at, at the outcome yesterday? Well, uh, I think the writing was on the wall. Um, you know, the longer this review by the provincial government went on and on and on. Um, so I can't say anyone was overly surprised, but uh, certainly absolutely disappointed. So Green Line construction on pause until potentially next year. Is there a concern that we lose that money, Shane? Do you think the federal money, the provincial money, is it in jeopardy? Uh, well, I mean, we've, we've always heard from partners, and, and that's the the important part is they're funding partners, not technical advisor partners, but we, we can't seem to get past that. But um, they've always said they're committed. Uh, we are going ahead and building some of the utility uh, relocations and, you know, things that start this uh, summer, this fall. That's $138 million. We've already spent uh, $600 million buying land and doing a number of things like that. So I think... The project is secure. It's just when are we ever going to see a shovel start digging? Okay, it's, you've got the crystal ball with you. You've got the uh, the Ward 12 crystal ball sitting in front of you. Uh, do you, you think early next year, perhaps, can we even you know uh, kind of uh, guess or forecast the date? Yeah. Well, there's there's a few things that have to happen because we, we heard yesterday that the um, market confidence is in question. Um, you know, we, we had a 14-to-1 um, vote a year ago uh, saying, go ahead, we like the alignment, we like where we're going, get it done. Um, All of a sudden, uh, the province says, we have to review it. Um, And then after they're done review it, they said, well, we want to review it some more. Um, So the difficulty here is before June of 20, uh, there was a whole lot of work going on, and the province was advised and kept uh, upgraded. So those, that topic was already discussed. After July of 20, the same topics were discussed with the province. And then after December of uh, 20, the same topics were discussed with the province. So we've had three times where the same topics have been discussed. And that leads 
to, and then of course we had the letter from uh, Minister McIver stating that they have all these concerns. Uh, if you're a company that wants to bid on a project and it's going to cost you money to bid on it with only a third chance of winning, um, how do you feel about that project after the last history? Mm. So the crystal ball is, is quite foggy at the moment. Um, I don't think unless the province comes out very early, removes the 90-day cancellation clause, and said we're solidly behind this plan as it stands, um, you know, I, I'm hesitating to even see if we'll see construction in 22. This is the the story that never ends, right? And we never seem to get a, a final a goal post and, and be able to get to it. Thank you so much for your update, Shane. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. That is Councillor Ward 12, Shane Keating. 849. What do you need to know if you're buying or selling your home right now? Well, let's find out from an expert. Joining us is realtor Justin Haver, owner of Justin Haver and Associates Remax First. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Sue and Andy. How are you guys this morning? Oh, we're good. We're excited to talk to you because, boy, this is not something you would expect perhaps during a downturn and a downturn and a difficult time, this pandemic. But this market, this housing market in Calgary is super hot. And this conversation was sparked by a Facebook post I saw on your page about another sale over asking. And then your question was, you know, that it was starting to become quite normal. When might we see $100,000 over asking in the city of Calgary? Do you think that's even possible uh it is possible and it is happening right now wow. as of uh, saturday night actually we had one property that uh, we sold here in southwest calgary we sold it at one hundred and five thousand over asking price Wow, incredible. So I'm wondering, Justin, because I, I was very interested in when Sue was telling me the story because I got a couple of friends who are selling right now and in the market for a new home. And they were telling me about before they were officially on the market, people starting to bid. So so what is the strategy? What can you tell people who have to find a new home to, to have success? Well, I mean, if you're a seller in this market, uh, you probably yeah. <laughs> don't want to sell it before you hit the open market because mm. you could leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table. So I would strongly urge against that. Allow the market to get into the home so that the buyers could uh, bid on it. Now, you know, if you're a buyer in this market, you know, it's kind of like looking for toilet paper a year ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're scrambling for it. But, uh, you know, the thing here is also to, you know, be smart about it. Because, I mean, a lot of people are getting caught up in the hype. And clearly, you know, it is very exciting in the real estate market right now. And uh, it's a lot of that excitement that's obviously getting people to bid on these properties, which is great for sellers, frustrating for buyers, but a buyer in today's market need to ensure that they have a pre-approval already in place. Don't just have a conversation with your mortgage broker or your bank. Actually submit all the paperwork that the bank requires to get you a mortgage. Get a pre-approval letter. If you are going to be pulling out your money from your RRSPs for your down payment, make sure that you have your entire deposit in your bank account ready to go because when you're out there looking at homes and if you're in this property in the property you may have to make a decision right there and then that this is the house that you want to put an offer on and you got to be prepared justin i just had a great idea i can sell my house make a fortune so why would i bother even getting a realtor i'm going to do it myself that's smart right (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what, uh, you know, true. I mean, someone can sell the home on their own, but in this marketplace, you do want to have a professional to handle it because there are several tactics that you need to do in order to ensure that you get the maximum out of the marketplace. And if you are a seller, 
you know, top dollar makes a big difference because if you're going to either move somewhere else or downsize, you know, every dollar counts. When When is the correction going to come, Justin? How long can we expect something like this to last? I guess nobody really knows, but it, 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 can, it, can this last for months and months or a year? Oh, man, I wish I had the crystal ball. Yes. <laughs> right? But, uh, you know, this could end as quickly as it started. And we're starting to see, obviously, a lot of the banks uh, trying to pressure the government to put in some more restrictions to try to cool the housing market. Interest rates are going up, so that will naturally also slow the market down. We are going to also see more inventory hit the market here in the spring, which will also help with the supply. Now, you know, in 06, we had a similar craziness in the marketplace here, but at that time, we were down to 700 active listings at one point in time. Right now, we're sitting on about 5,400 active listings in our marketplace. And with 2,900 listings uh, selling here in March, we are sitting with about a month and a half of inventory, or close to two months, I should say. So it's it's moving quickly out there. So if you see something you like, you got to make sure that you get in there on day one, and hopefully it won't sell on day one. Hopefully they will allow a few days for the buyers to get through the property. So really, people need to do their homework, find a realtor that they trust, and let the system work because you know there could be money to made be made, but you know you have to do it the right way, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a seller, obviously you want to try to maximize and take advantage of uh, the market right now. We've had sellers that were considering selling later on in the year that have decided to take advantage of uh, this market right now because we don't know how long it's going to last. You know, when we saw this market in 06, it lasted for about six or seven months. And, um, you know, we could see something similar happen here right now. But what we're also seeing is, you know, Calgary is probably one of the last markets to see this uh, this kind of activity across Canada. We have seen, obviously, a ton of bidding wars out in Ontario where homes are selling for upwards of $700,000 over asking, where hundred to 200000 over asking is normal. Um, and, uh, you know, in other markutes, they're only allowing 10-minute showing times. <laughs> Wow, it is, so you're in a house for yeah. 10 minutes yeah. and you have to make a decision. It's crazy. It's not like it's a pressure cooker or anything, but yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much. It is so, a crazy time. We're going to wrap up for time, but thank you for your insight, Justin, because people need all the info they can get. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, thanks for having me. That is realtor Justin Haver, owner of Justin Haver & Associates, Remax First at justinhaver.com. 908 on Mornings with Sue and Andy. Is it going to be another year of turkey or ham on the menu or... Are you looking to change things up for your Easter feast this time? Uh, well, if you're looking for suggestions, look no further. Joining us with some tasty alternatives is Atco Blue Flame Kitchen Chef J.P. Gerritsen. Good morning to you, J.P. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here with us. Any chance that Sue and I have to talk about food, we <laughs> sign up <laughs> and get on board. Well, you know, Easter is full of traditions, uh, but does that mean that our Easter dinner has to be the same old, same old? Uh, it doesn't, especially this year. Everything's up in the air and different and changing. Um, like you said earlier, there's you can't really have a big crowd, so maybe not a turkey, something smaller. So why not try something different this year? See if you like it, and maybe you can always go back to turkey, but uh, it's a great year to try something different. We've had texters say they're making lobster this year for a change. Somebody else just texted in to say they're having barbecued hamburgers. So your thoughts on, on what we could do? Maybe give us some great ideas of maybe things we've never thought of, JP. Yeah, well... Um, 
asking a bunch of the chefs here, actually, uh, something different. Turkey is always sort of the go-to. Turkey, ham, lamb, those are the, the classics. But with it being so nice out this weekend, um, why not fire up the barbecue and do some steak and lobsters on the barbecue? Mm. Uh, burgers is a great idea. Duck, uh, if you've never cooked a duck, it's a great way or a great celebration time to cook a duck. They're relatively inexpensive. Uh, it's smaller than a turkey. It's a little bit different, and they're delicious. Whole roasted chicken is fantastic, or some beautiful Alberta pork roast. Now let's go back to the duck uh, briefly, because I, uh, I don't want to dwell on the duck, but it very much interests mm. me, because uh, you know when I've had it, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I know that it's, it's got it's a fattier um, and more tender uh, meat maybe than a chicken or a turkey. So, so what do I need to know if I'm going to cook a duck? And is that something you could do on the barbecue as well as the oven? Uh, you can do it on the barbecue. They are quite a bit fattier than any of the other poultry, so it's uh, a good idea on the barbecue especially to get a pan underneath it so that mm-hmm. it catches all the juice as it drips off so to avoid extra fire on your barbecue. But, yeah, on the rotisserie, it works great, or you can slow roast it in your oven. Um, you could start it in a frying pan and sear um, the breasts in a frying pan and then flip it over and finish it in that same pan. Uh, that will speed up the cooking process and render out some of that um, deliciousness and get a nice crispy skin on it. Is that a good way to do any kind of meat, JP? Is this sort of sear it first and then do a long, slow cook in the oven? I'm thinking lamb, too. Would it work for lamb? Ooh. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way to cook lamb. You want to cook lamb nice and low and slow, and depending on the cut, um, you don't want to overcook lamb. It can get quite um, tough and a little bit gamey sometimes. So uh, a good solid sear, you get that nice caramelization on the outside, and that's going to give you that beautiful flavor. And then it also speeds up the cooking process. So a good sear, throw it in your oven at about 300 degrees, and just let it roast slowly for an hour until um, you get to the internal temperature you're looking for. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of meat. JP, I'm wondering, you know, when it comes to lamb, it seems like over the past five years or maybe even less, it's become more available, gained more popularity. So if people want to make that foray and and do something with lamb, perhaps for Easter weekend, is there an an entry-level cut that people can't do wrong? Or, you know, are we talking about a rack of lamb? Is that more difficult? What would be the best way to start? Uh, best way to start would be, um, I'd say, a leg of lamb, a roasted leg of lamb. You can buy really nice boneless leg of lamb roasts. They're small, or lamb shoulder, same thing. They come netted in a small little, it's about the same size as a small honey ham. Um, and, yeah, you can rub it down with some oil, salt, pepper, maybe some garlic and rosemary. Uh, give it a quick sear in that frying pan and just roast it in your oven, or even just roast it in your oven, um, and it'll come out beautifully. You want to cook it to about 135, 140 um, to get that nice sort of medium um, so everything renders out. You get great flavor. There's still lots of moisture in it. Uh, it's readily available, too. You can find it at all grocery stores. There's usually a nice lamb section. They come frozen, um, and they're really easy to work with. JP, what time are you coming over to my house for dinner Ooh. again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you give us any hints on veggies? What, should, what can we do with veggies to make things a little different, uh, you know, as opposed to the, the typical scallop potatoes, say? Yeah, veggies. I was at the grocery store the other day, and it's so nice to see so many great vegetables starting to come from the southern United States. Spring is in the air. There's beautiful asparagus right now. It's small and skinny, and that's sort of the first sign of of spring. Uh, naturally, our bodies crave that like bright green, sort of bitter green vegetable in the spring. Um, so asparagus is fantastic right now, super inexpensive. Uh, roasted baby potatoes instead of scalloped potatoes, they're a lot lighter. Um, just those tiny little nugget potatoes, you can roast those in the oven. They get crispy, and they're just delicious. Um, or do something completely different. Maybe make a risotto or a side of rice or something. Like the, well, first of all, Sue's knocking scalloped potatoes. I think that talk Oh, I do. To, I love scalloped that potatoes. Right. Oh, Sorry, okay. I feel bad. I um, didn't mean to. <laughs> you, you mentioned the, the risotto, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, that maybe could be in place of stuffing, but if we want to go with stuffing, can you give us a, a different take on stuffing that uh, might be, you know, catching your family's attention and not the same old stuffing? 
Yeah, stuffing is um, stuffing is my favorite food. Actually, that's my <laughs> that is my go to at all celebration meals. I could just live on stuffing. You and, and Andy gravy. are now best friends. By the way, I'm going to share my recipe with you in a second. But let's, <laughs> let's hear yours first. Perfect. Um, so classically, stuffing is just sort of bread, onion, celery, uh, some seasoning in there. But you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, you can throw in some dried fruit, apricots, crab, uh, dried cranberries, raisins, um, some figs in there would be just absolutely delicious. Apples. Um, there's so many great things and flavors that you can throw in. Even if you just throw in a little bit of lemon zest, um, the thin sort of grating off the outside of the yellow part of the lemon, it adds a really nice, bright, beautiful flavor that will just really liven up your meal. Yeah, that sounds super foo-fooey. What I've, what I've been doing, and I think Sue told me this. Or, you know, I think this might even be JP's original oh, okay. recipe. Well, I've been doing what uh, Sue said, which is the waffle iron. I take my oh, waffle iron and I put yours, the stuff This is yours, isn't it, JP? Yeah, that's waffle. a Bluefin Kitchen recipe. Yeah. Oh, amazing. taking credit like yeah. always. Um, but, uh, it's Andy's recipe. You know, but, but you know what I do with it, because you can try this at home as well, because I'm not a, uh, I love stuffing, but I'm not good at it. I buy the boxed stuffing mm -hmm. and I make it then I put it in the waffle iron and with my gravy I buy the packaged gravy and I know oh. everybody's going to text in but with my packaged gravy I add a little balsamic vinegar a little red wine and lots of pepper so it, it, it tastes like I've done a lot but it's all pre-packaged yeah that's it, it's not cheating you're you're just helping yourself along enhancing um, Exactly. You're taking those things in, especially packaged gravy. It's going to be thick perfectly every time. You can add your regular pan drippings to that to really enhance the flavor. And it just makes your life easier. Ultimately, I always like to tell people, just make life easy. This isn't, mm. you don't want to spend the day slaving away in the kitchen. Um, cook and enjoy it and have an enjoyable night. Don't stress about the food the whole time. So if you need to, to have a little bit of help, that's totally good. I know uh, back in the day, uh, when, well, growing up, my parents would, when I was about the age of 13, I was allowed about a, a, a pinky-sized uh, glass of, of white wine because mm -hmm. it was Easter dinner. And, have, and I would say, who in their right mind would ever want to drink wine again because it was like this hawk towler. It was so dry. You're, Baby duck. You're, you're, looking, you're looking for four liters of water falling out of that. And, and, but I, I do remember the tradition, you had to have white wine with Easter dinner. Uh, are there still conventional rules on what we're going to be serving with an Easter feast, or, or is, is it open season? Um, I think it's open season. I've um, I've been enjoying holiday dinners for a number of years, uh, and I've never had the drink. Please come to my house one time. So I think you can do sort of whatever you like. Uh, normally, it would be a white wine pairs a little more nicely with a classical um, celebration dinner with the turkey, and uh, it's just lighter fare. Um, but you could use you could start with a light red, um, a light pinot or something, pinot noir, and then if you're if your family really loves. Drink what you love. Um, if you need to go to a bigger Cab Sav or a Cab Franc or something, you could definitely go towards the red. Uh, it might not pair beautifully with the turkey, but it'll still be great with your dinner. If you're eating lamb or something, that will pair a lot better with a red. We call him No Rules J.P. Garrison. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. J.P. Carrotson with the Atco Blue Flame Kitchen. He, of course, a chef with them. AtcoBlueFlameKitchen.com. They have great recipes and ideas there.